I'm excited about how technology is uh, being democratized, how it's plunging in cost. One of our missions is to positively impact one billion people. The relevance of a new technology to solving problems that affect like a billion people. Great stuff happens because someone inspires someone else to do something. The next wave of innovation is going to be eroding the territory. How's it, humanitarians? Welcome back to Exponential Africa. In all the chaos of this global pandemic, we need to work together to try to solve this problem. Today in studio, we are fortunate enough to have Eric Rasmussen, who's the Singularity University Faculty for Disaster Resilience and Environments. Eric has had an amazing career helping people trust fight back from disasters over the last 40 years. Take a listen and I hope you enjoy. <music> None of this would be possible without the incredible support of our partners. Our main collaboration partner is the Development Bank of Southern Africa, who is also our first Singularity U South Africa country partner. The DBSA has a massive focus on how to bring prosperity to all South Africans through infrastructure development, communications, technology, water and energy, and have some incredible projects you'll be hearing about in a few months. Our global partner Deloitte is also a country partner with us. And we have been building an amazing relationship with Deloitte over the last three years. Working with their team has really shown us how Deloitte really does live up to their mantra of delivering impact into Africa and helping their clients transform and be ready for the future. Next is our strategic partner, who is also a country partner and has been on this journey with us for the last three years, MTN. MTN is Africa's largest mobile network and is leading the way in communications, bringing data and communication to millions of South Africans and Africans. Welcome back to Exponential Africa. We are in the beautiful city of San Jose in Costa Rica at the Singularity U Costa Rica Summit. I'm sitting here today with Dr. Eric Rasmussen, who is a medical doctor as well as the CEO of Infinitum Humanitarian Systems. He is also the Singularity U faculty on disaster resilience. Eric, thanks for being on the show. A pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So you've worked, uh, you know, you've had an incredible career working with the UN, with the World Health Organization. Uh, you've, can you tell us what an average day is like in your life? Sure. Worrying about various things. Um, there are a lot of uh, topics that are stressing humanity. Um, there is climate change. There is population. There is resource shortfalls. There's water difficulties. There's food security. There are many things to be concerned about. There's also population density where we have slums that are forcing people who might otherwise be very creative and very helpful for the rest of society never to get that opportunity to be seen. I work on things like that. Wow. So, and uh, I mean, what would you say are some of the highlights of your career in disaster resilience? Um, I lead a disaster response team for the Roddenberry Foundation, which is the foundation supported by the Star Trek franchise. The Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek um, as an idea back in 1967. The foundation that carries on his name looks at how to support humanity uh, with science. And their model is science in the service of humanity. So they help us on the disaster response team bring things into communities and leave them there as ways to help their infrastructure. We give them clean water, we give them renewable power and so forth. So unbelievable. So from a movie 
or from a movie franchise came out this incredible organization that's trying to fix some of the big problems in the world and that's disasters right. in the world. That's right. That's right. And what are some of those disasters, like the tsunami? Were you involved in helping uh, people get out of the, the Very much Thailand? So. Yes. Um, no, I wasn't involved in getting them out. Um, I was uh, a lead for a team that went in um, to Banda Aceh, which was one of the epicenters of that earthquake and tsunami. It rippled all the way across the Indian Ocean, but that was one location. Um, and we have responded to Tacloban with Super Typhoon Haiyan. We were in the Nepal earthquake a few years ago. Wow. We were with Hurricane Matthew in Haiti. Um, we had three deployments to Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria and so forth. Incredible. And I mean, do you have, uh, is it quite a big team? You, uh, it varies. We have about 30 on the roster and we go in with a relatively small team depending on what kind of problem we're facing. If it's an earthquake, if it's a storm, if it's a flood. Um, there are a number of things that can require different skill sets for how we get around or what we need to do. And we always go in with a woman on the team um, because there are many cultures on the planet where I will not get access to an understanding of what's happening on the other side of humanity. There's just no visibility for a man into what's happening in the challenges that are being faced by women in a disaster. And often those challenges are more significant than they are for men. It's an, a bit of an arbitrary statement, but it's by and large true. So we always make sure we have somebody who can reach into the women's compounds, reach into the women's discussions, and find out what we can do to help. I mean, that's really incredible. You don't really think about this for disaster resilience and how important it is for all of us as humans to, to really focus on, on, on fixing these issues when they happen. And it seems like they're happening more and more often. We've just had the Australian wildfires, mm -hmm. and now we've got the coronavirus, which is you know, becoming a a real big uh, concern globally and, and, and affecting the economy in such a uh, powerful way, we have to be able to respond in a very methodical way, right? We do. And actually, on the day that we're taping this, um, we have reached 75,000 coronavirus patients reported and 2,000 dead, which is a lot. And one of the things that we talk about is we bring teams in, and as my own company, IHS Works, because we do more than just a disaster response team. We also work in needy communities all over the place. We work in the Yucatan, we work in Yemen, we work in Djibouti, we work in the Marshall Islands. Part of what we think about is integrative design. The idea that everything should be built in ways that are nicely interdependent and that something that is an output from one thing should be an input to another thing. So that is called, in a design sense, integrative design. And in an industrial sense, it's called industrial symbiosis. And we work quite a bit with the National Industrial Symbiosis Program, which does design efforts at rebuilding communities all over the world. So, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. You're in Thailand, you, 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 you're going there and, and you're trying to save you know, th hundreds of thousands of people. Can you just tell us what, what sort of goes down? Sure, and we don't usually strike for numbers that high. We can do about 4,000 people a day um, with the team that we bring in. And the things that we bring in, we leave. So we often bring in water purification. Um, that water purification can go into almost any water source that's not salt. And as long as there's a population nearby, we can provide water for about 4,000 people a day. We also bring in power. And both of those we leave behind when we, when we depart. These are not things that we bring in, we have a temporary solution, and then we take it with us when we go. We leave it there. We try to make it a woman-owned business. We keep a relationship. We train people how to use it. We train people how to repair it. And it becomes a permanent part of that community. Amazing. Wow. And uh, why do you think technology is so important in these days to try help 
in, in, when there are disasters? Because we can't really do our job without it. Um, it is difficult to move things. It's difficult to know who's in trouble. It's difficult to know where to help. It's difficult to do almost anything without access to fairly sophisticated technology so that we can do a lot with a relatively few resources. I remember once when you came to South Africa, you had this cream that you gave me. It was the cream that cured all, uh, in, all uh, cuts and, and, and sores. Yeah. What, what is, can you just tell us a bit about that? Sure. That's a, that's a solution called Brio, B-R-I-O, easy to find on the web. Um, and it is a new kind. So I'm a, I support biotech startups of various kinds, and I, I'm an advisor to them. And what that has done is using biomimicry and nanoengineering, it has created the same kind of molecule that our own white blood cells release whenever we get infected to kill the local infection. Now, that isn't very successful because the molecule in our bodies only lasts a few tenths of a second. We've stabilized it so it can kill things across a very wide range of viruses, bacteria, fungi. And it's being used right now in China because it has a very strong effect eradicating coronavirus. No way five logs, so 99.999% kill in less than 10 minutes, tested by the U.S. National Institutes of Health and tested by the University of Washington Microbiology Laboratory. And it's being used as a spray disinfectant, a surface disinfectant in the new China, in the new hospital that China has just built. So there you go. So there's biotechnology and biomimicry and the advances in those fields are, is actually changing the way we deal with a, a new type of uh, epidemic. That's exactly right. And in fact, if you add nanoengineering into that, it used to be that to do anything like this, you needed to build a biochemical bath to make this thing. Now what we can do is use nanoengineering to very precisely engineer exactly what goes forward in hydrogen and oxygen and chlorine to get a precise electrodynamic configuration so that we get nothing but this single molecule and no other species, no other contaminants. So I think that's all we've had time for. Thanks so much. We could, just be, we could be chatting for hours. Uh, you know, make sure that to, if you want to hear more about Eric's work or you want to follow him, we can follow you at... You can follow us at ihs-i.com. So, Infinitum Humanitarian Systems, ihs-i.com. And uh, if you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to our page. We'll see you next week for some more innovation, thought leadership, and uh, inspiration. Keep smiling. So I hope you enjoyed that. Every single one of us needs to take our part in looking after the human race. Make sure that if you have any extra time, you can volunteer or go out and make a difference. If you like that, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels. Have a great day and keep smiling.